You're listening to the Inside Cloud Channel podcast. I'm your host, Segert van der Linde. After our mini-series on Microsoft Virtual Desktop, the coming nine episodes will be devoted to the Cloud Adoption Framework, or CAF. Transitioning to the cloud is a big and complicated process. It's easy to move too fast, to skip important steps or to make costly mistakes. And that's why Microsoft has developed the CAF, a nine-step guideline to help you move to the cloud. The coming episodes will each be devoted to a step of the cloud adoption framework. And today, obviously, we start with step one, get started. Here with me today are Insights, Alex Malos and Jurjen Uitenbogaard. Good to see you guys. Good morning. Good morning. First part of the CF is called Get Started. Uh, that in itself contains four parts that also contain up to 10 different steps. And I can imagine that a client can feel really overwhelmed by all this. What 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 do you say to them when they come to you with those kind of feelings? That they should care, uh, listen uh, carefully to us <laughs> yeah. so we can guide them through. Uh, no, I can imagine that it's, um, it, it's overwhelming if you're making the decision or are trying to make a decision to go to the to Azure or to the public cloud. Um, and that's where the CAF or CAF stands for. Uh, it, it's a set of guidelines and best practices and uh, yeah, to help you through that difficult decision and all those difficult steps. Yeah, it goes really deep. It goes into great detail about everything. Um, we're, 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 we'll try to not do that. If you want more about that, then you can check out the Microsoft CAF. It's online um, but um, the first step uh, when you get started is to control uh, the first step is about your portfolio of workloads what what's what what are those workloads that, that because that comes up a lot in this progress process yeah well you're a business and as an example you need to store your mail somewhere to be able to exchange with your customers so then that email will be stored on a well exchange server and that is a workload those emails are considered a workload am i right Yuri? yeah you're correct yeah. <laughs> and 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 those workloads you you need to have a so you need to make a portfolio of workloads so that what what does that portfolio consist out of then is that all the tasks needed to make your transition what whenever you think of adopting the cloud and you already have uh, your own data center, You, it is best to determine what are your workloads and to eventually put them on, all on paper to understand which is which. And from there onward to see uh, which one of them can be transitioned to the cloud and which ones maybe need to still remain in the on-premises data centers or so. So it's definitely good to have a, an, like an inventory into the how do you call it, into the warehouse world to, to have an inventory of your products in the same manner you want to have an inventory of your workloads. Okay, yeah. Because it is overwhelming. There yeah. are, if, if you look into Azure, for example, which has over 3,000 different services, then it's overwhelming and difficult to determine which workload you're going you're gonna to migrate and how you're going to migrate. So the first step, what we always say is, okay, but... What's triggering your your interest by moving to the cloud? Is that is that the market? Is that customer demand? Is that uh, cost reduction or whatever? But the first after that, you need to determine. Okay, what are my workloads? What is my core business? Speaking from a service provider perspective, otherwise it's impossible to determine which workload you wanna you wanna migrate and how you wanna migrate. Yeah. So so actually, there's a step before that, 
uh, before uh, making the portfolio of, of, of your workloads. That's uh, making sure that you know why you want to make the transition to the cloud. Am, am I right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's a combination. I don't think you, you need to follow the, all those steps exactly in that same sequence. I think it's um, in the first step in getting started, you, you need to first have a holistic view of, of what is my, my business looking like today and how do I want to have it look like in the future. And then in the next steps after the getting started, you're going to... Um, yeah, how do you say you're going to bring more detail into that uh, into that uh, into that picture? Yeah. How do you help businesses with this process? Because it's I I, I can imagine businesses come to Insight and say we want to adopt the cloud. Uh, we got this reason for it, um, but they don't have the whole view of it. I guess um, you guys have that. How can you help them make sure that they make the right decisions in this process? As, a, as an example, they can start with adopting some cloud workload, like that uh, email I was referring to early, earlier on. So they can uh, experiment or experience the cloud native solution and further on decide that they want to migrate the existing workloads from their on-prem towards the cloud. Or on the other hand, they can just start with um, adding to their existing solution. <laughs> so, but but then you have some some you have your on-prem data center. You got all your services running there. But then you can. It's not like migrating your own services to the cloud. You can say, okay, we're gonna add some, and they, those are located in the cloud. Exactly. That's what you mean. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that is called in, in the, the IT world, it's called the hybrid environment. Mm -hmm. So where they are currently in, in a uh, on-premises environment, which is now referred to as private cloud, they can opt for adopting as well the public cloud. So make a hybrid environment out of that to, to start with. And maybe the long-term plan would be to move all the workloads in the public cloud or just stay hybrid. Yeah, or yeah. then go multi-cloud if. Uh... And that's why where we offer services around. So we do uh, envisioning workshops. So that's a one-day workshop at a customer's place to discuss the benefits of cloud or the potential benefits of cloud, to actually educate them on on what it can bring to them. Um, yeah, but we see the different uh, um, examples as well. Sometimes it's driven by the market or by circumstances we are all in. Um, that companies are rushing. Their, uh, their steps to the public cloud and they they do follow the steps in the CAF but not the preferred way then sometimes they need to, to make the decision within a week um, so sometimes it's you go from step one to step four back to step one but then in a short time period so but yeah. that's definitely something where we can uh, where we can uh, support them yeah yeah I can, I can imagine you can you guys can have the, the, the bigger picture in mind uh, you've done it before you know the steps you know what's needed, you got the experience. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And because we work with these kind of uh, companies, we understand their pain points as well, and we can suggest them their first steps eventually. Yeah, one of those pain points can be um, making a plan to take your whole organization with you because when a company moves makes a move to the cloud, if it's partially or completely, it, it always, it asks some, changes from uh, all the all the uh, employees in the company um, which 
from my uh, <laughs> experience, not all, uh, not everyone is uh, really waiting for that. Most people just want to do what they have already done for all those years. Um, does the, the the cloud adoption framework give you some guidelines to uh, get your company motivated for that? Yeah, absolutely. It gives some uh, what I said in the introduction. It it gives some guidelines and some best practices, and it's it's not a it's not a law. It's not written in stone that you have to follow all those steps. But if you want to make your cloud implementation or migration as successful as possible, it's recommended to follow those steps. And uh, yeah, I think it's 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 common in every general business change. You you need to have to get your organization with you, and that's not only the people who are dealing with the migration, but also the ones who are making the decisions from a financial perspective, from a strategy perspective. So all the key stakeholders need to be with you. So yeah, it's definitely recommended to create a plan and to create teams and groups to, to get your whole organization with you. Yeah. And to let people know that a change will happen and to have them all on board would be ideal so that we all learn together and move together through, through the transition. Because all of this will, will be will have as a result the the adoption of a new system eventually you work with so then that implies to train the people from within the organization so they, you need to i'd say that it's best to prepare them that that's going to happen so that whenever the change will happen they are more open to adopting the change yeah you need to take your whole company with you on this journey yeah, and you need to facilitate and, and, and prepare them. So that, uh, what I said before, I think in, in all business change, you need to make sure that you understand what your current state is and what your desired outcome or your desired state is and what are the gaps from, from a knowledge or skills perspective. And that's something you can definitely schedule and, and, and plan on forehand. Sometimes in practice, um, it's driven by, especially from a service provider's perspective again, um, sometimes they are short-term, so they need to come up with a plan and come up with a, a solution for a customer in a couple of weeks. And it's impossible to train your engineers uh, for a full platform like Azure or uh, Amazon in two weeks. That that's impossible. So, um, but that's again that's a gap where we can uh, where we can uh, jump in. I think the the current uh, Corona example is the is the perfect one because we we had companies who all of a sudden needed to to start um, working from home so so they needed the solution yesterday yeah. as, as it happens <laughs> yeah. so so we had um, we have we had to jump in and even work with them during the weekends to implement a solution like that so being agile is definitely uh, one term that is um, used out there and, and useful yeah, and that's that's a that's an example that that we all know. And another example is that we one of our customers is a candy factory, which have their factory plants in, uh, in in Singapore, and they needed to change one of the factory lanes, um, but the engineer was not allowed to fly there due to COVID. So that's difficult if your your factory is in Singapore and your engineer is in the Netherlands. How on earth is that engineer going to well to change that factory lane? So what they did say they they. They bought two HoloLenses, which are from Microsoft or devices from Microsoft. And um, with a HoloLens, the engineer in the Netherlands could guide a guy in Singapore who was in the factory to change the, the factory lane. So without flying there, they managed to, to change the, the, the factory lane at the other side of the world. And that's, that's something, that's innovation that can be driven by, uh, by public cloud as well. 
a little bit back to the, to 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 the, the the cloud adoption framework because um, in in this starting phase you also have to uh, line up everyone involved in the transition. Um, what kind of people do I need to think about then? Who who are involved in this transition? Who are actively involved? Well, next to the IT people who are definitely responsible or for the first line of uh, people who are going to work with the with the transition or the, with the adoption of the cloud you need to you you have some financial implications you need to have all your managers aligned together with the staff that work with the solution so you have uh, yeah the, the hr the marketing the the finance all these departments need to all be aligned and work together towards the the transition and even in, some, even in some cases, the end users as well. Yeah. So to say it bold, an end user uh, doesn't care as long as their applications are working. But if they are going to transition the workspace and, and they're going to innovate that as well, yeah, they, they need to be aware of the change and what the implications for them will be, you know, to avoid that that's resistance at the end. Yeah. And it's definitely good to involve them uh, as, a, as a, um, a pilot user so that they can test the new environment to see this is uh, or to make uh, comparisons or to, to let us know or to let the IT people know what kind of uh, maybe slight changes need to be done after the migration or the adoption of the new solution. You've been listening to the Inside Cloud Channel podcast hosted by me, Zegert van der Linde. Special thanks to Insights Alex Malos and Jurjen Uitenbogaert. Do you want to know more about Insight and their services? Then please check insight.com. In the next episode, we'll dive into step two of the cloud adoption framework and talk about developing your cloud adoption strategy. In the meantime, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for listening and see you next time.